0: You're listening to the Hammersley Brothers podcast. If you'd like to get started with three of our best tools, see the link in the show notes. They're free and video training is included. Hello, and welcome to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. This week, we're talking about the second domino in the e-commerce sale, and that's the navigation flow. So let's get started. Hello, Ian. How are you? Good evening, Mark. I'm very well. How are you? What's the weather like? The weather is lovely. It's actually been a bit cold, but um, you can sleep at night, which is nice. When it's too hot, you can't sleep. When you say cold,
1: you mean you like 27 degrees. I had to put
0: trousers on and I had to put a jumper on a bit. But it was, I mean, it's lovely to be honest. It's It's actually just right. So unlucky. Yeah. That you have to put trousers on. um, because yeah, our, our mum and dad's here, and I was saying to mum and dad, "Is like, do you know anyone else that kind of escapes the UK summer, uh, winter, and comes? So and they said, no, I don't. But that's, they've done it for years. It's lovely, isn't it? I think they they joined COVID. They had their first winter in the UK for a long time. It was a big <sighs> shock. <They're> like, <sighs> What's this? It is,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's funny, when you go, when you do leave the UK, and, and the, when you, do, you come back and think, wonder why we live here in the UK. It's a lovely place. Ian. The... It is it's a wonderful place. place. You've got lots There's of some... stuff.
0: You've got lots of stuff you don't realize until you move away. You um, that you're in the UK, but uh, yeah, yeah, you you don't realize until you you miss it. But then the same thing is like if I left New Zealand now, I looked in the UK, it'd be like, oh, you know, we'd miss a lot of other stuff, wouldn't I? So yeah. Anyway, I digress. Today's uh, podcast is the second domino in the uh, dominoes of e-commerce. How many dominoes are there in
1: five, four? Six? Six. six dominoes. The six dominoes of e-commerce. Okay, it's so almost last week like we you've did. not mastered the the six dominoes of e-commerce, Mark. Because every time I say it's... six dominoes of e-commerce, you say what order are they in again?
0: Yes, true. and you
1: came up with this. You came up
0: with the. Domino. I did come up with. I did come up with it. Yes, but it was. It's not something I've used in the book. Um, it's a new concept, so I haven't remem- memorized it, but it's, it's good, and, it, and we'll go through it. And perhaps by the end of it, I'll know what they are. So the first domino we did. Why don't you just go over the first domino, and then the domino we're going to do today? Because I, <laughs> I can't remember. Pretty much,
1: honestly, the, the, the illusion of the <laughs> Hamilton brothers is shattered. I haven't had my cup of tea, so I've got no
0: idea what it was.
1: It's it was something almost about, like when you tried uh, to do mental. Oh, it was the busy maths. restaurant test. Is it busy the busy restaurant, restaurant test, test? Yeah. yeah, the busy restaurant test. So the busy restaurant test, which of course the first one is the busy restaurant test, which is positioning, and the idea is unless you position your e-commerce store correctly with the right uh, message above the fold, um, people won't invest the time here. So they'll say, "Oh, I'm not going to find what I need. I'm going to go. I'm going to go off. I'm going to go back into Google or Instagram or Pinterest or wherever they come from." And so once you've got past that first domino, the second domino. Is what we call navigational flow and that's really about trying to help them find a product Um, and obviously depending on where they land depends on where that goes but that in a nutshell it would be the equivalent of of going into a shop on the high street a supermarket let's say supermarket would be easy thing to do and knowing that you have a rough idea that you want to buy uh, a, a you know a tin of tuna, and you are looking down the shop aisles and you are trying to find where the canned goods are. So there is a there is a you know there is an assumption that you know you have an idea of what you want and you are going into the shop and you are looking for it. You are trying to find that way through. So if you are, um, but the, the the difficulty is, unlike a physical shop where you come in through the front door of the shop, because that's the only way you can get in and out of the shop. You come through the front door. Everybody comes through the front door, so it's controlled. That navigational flow is controlled. The difference of an e-commerce store is that we don't know exactly where they're going to enter the shop, because they're not all coming through the home page, which would be the equivalent of the front door. Quite often, they might be coming straight to the product page through Google Shopping, and that's um, that's been a massive change, and we've talked about it for years and years and years and years, um, that they no longer come through the homepage. Uh, the most popular landing pages tends to be, not for everybody, but more often than not, the most popular uh, page that they land on is the product page. And that's because that's where a lot of the new advertising is coming from. So they don't come through the homepage. So the product page is the new homepage. And um, we've been saying that for years. I mean, probably for the last seven years we've been saying that. Mm. You know, so some, I still you know, I, I hear people saying it for the first time and they're like, it's some genius thing. Well, people still make
0: the mistake. I think we talked a bit about that last week. But the, the, the thing that we want to sell when someone lands on the website is the forward click. And we need to make it more sellable than the, the backwards click. So say someone comes from Google Shopping, they click on a product. We want to uh, sell the next click, the next interaction with the page rather than them going back to to Google Shopping. So the, the example I always u- used is the first time I realized this was when I was looking for some Gore-Tex hiking shoes. I was on Google, I searched for Gore-Tex hiking shoes and what came up was some Gore-Tex hiking shoes and some of them were kind of like not Gore-Tex and maybe something slightly different. So I got a kind of smorgasbord of, of different shoes. I clicked on, I think it was Trek or something like, Trek In or something like that, I clicked on that website. I went into that website and then, I saw you landed um, on
1: a product page. So I landed
0: on a product page. Yes, I was on a product page. I was looking at a specific pair of shoes, and then it says, "Do you want to see all of our Gore-Tex shoes?" And that was a better click for me to click on because if I went back, I was seeing a collection of some Gore-Tex shoes, some non-Gore-Tex shoes. Whereas that was a better click for me because that was more specific to what I was actually looking for. So they 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 sold me the next click, and I went in there. So Mm. what we're saying is that effectively what you've got to do is you've got to sell the next click better than their other option, which is either to click back to Facebook or click back to, yeah. to Google Shopping. And so, yeah. yes, so some people yeah, some people are well, going to click well, on the product that they want to see and they're going to buy the product. But there's always those almost buyers who that product isn't quite right for that we, are, we really want to get the money out of those, those yeah. people because otherwise they're going to go back to the competitors. Yeah, they, so effectively I think they, that's
1: what I'm selling just to, yeah i think you're right just to, just to, the nub of it is actually you're absolutely right the nub of it is is ultimately the temptation to go back into google or pinterest or instagram or wherever you've come from is so hard it's huge it's you know it's an overwhelming temptation to go back to where you were because you imagine let's you know you let's say you're in google shopping you're scrolling through instagram or pinterest and you know there is it's a fantastic array of multiple options Um, and the, you know, so you're clicking on one of those Google shopping ads, for example, and, you know, you've got to do a better job of helping people find and continue that navigational journey to find the right product and category, uh, category or product than, than going back to Google. And so, yeah, ultimately we're trying to, to keep them sticking around. Now, this, the, the metric. That we are trying to improve here ultimately is the add-to-basket rate but it's there's there's one subtlety it's the it's the bounce rate or the engagement rate that we're really trying to influence here um, so obviously in old days it used to be called bounce rate and in the new GA4 days it's called it engagement rate that did bring bounce rate back but essentially we've tried to stop them um, just coming into the into the site and then Clicking but clicking off and just disappearing back again. That's what we're trying to do. And the reason we want to do that is because if we reduce the bounce rate, we increase the add to basket. We increase the add to basket, we increase conversion rate, we increase conversion rate, we increase return on ad spend. We increase return on ad spend, we can then pull the traffic lever. So the, so where to start? So should we talk should yeah. we talk about the old bounce rates and the new bounce rates? Yeah, maybe to, we should talk do, about to... the new
0: the new um uh, KPIs, we for that remodeled because them, didn't it has we? changed.
1: Can yeah. you remember what we yeah. remodeled them to? Because just... I have them right in front of me.
0: Oh, I was going to pull them up. Have you got them? There? You pull them up. The old. Well, I have... I've got to go and search for them in all the different I workshops. You I've know done. them off by
1: heart in your head. Well,
0: I can't remember what they were before. Now that's the problem. So if you've got them, there, then let's let's go with that. Why don't you just? Why don't you say what they were in GA three and what they are now in GA four, and then we'll talk about why they've changed. Yeah, well, I will. I'll pull them
1: up. Which here they are. That didn't take that long. Oh no! Do you know what I found? I found the old ones. Why don't you talk about the old ones <laughs> whilst I try and find the new ones? Um, we could pause the podcast, or we could just carry on. You know, in a you know, in a yeah. kind of random way. The reason why I'm pausing is because uh my laptop exploded last week and um so i'm having to go onto dropbox and find the uh the new Yeah, vari- oh, i've got i've got it now okay, okay. so i've got it found it right so the old the old bounce rates was overall if the site was bouncing less than 40% as an overall stat it was about right it was about okay so it's an overall, you know, you look at your overall bounce rate, about 40%. But when we break that down, it was this, the bounce, it should be, if they land on the product page, it should be bouncing less than 60%. So that was the old GA3. In new GA4, it should be bouncing less than 35%. And that was the new stat, okay? So the, so the product page in new GA4 should be bouncing less than 35%. So it's just a very quick glance. You can have a look. At your landing pages, you can see which one's landing on your product pages and the bounce should be, we want it to be less than 30%. We always expect some. The home page in the old GA3 should bounce less than 20%. And in the new GA4, should be bouncing less than 17%. Um, And in the category page, I feel like I'm just reaming off stats now, the category page should be bouncing less than fifty percent in the old GA3, and in GA4 should be bouncing less than twenty-five percent. So essentially, in new GA4, the the metrics have gone down. So if you if mm. you if you're comparing it light for light, you go, oh my God, my bounce rate's amazing! It's really dramatically improved. It hasn't. It's just that GA4 records it differently, and they're basically it's the opposite of the engagement rate, isn't it? Because they've got a new stat called engagement rate. Mm. Yeah, but essentially so The difference, it's, it's the difference between the two. So let
0: me talk about the old one. Bounce rate on, on GA3 used to be anybody who came onto the site, they didn't click on anything. So they could be on the site for five minutes and they would still be classed, classed as a bounce if they didn't click anything. In new GA4, they were classing someone who's been on the site for five minutes as an engaged user. And the reason for that is, is if they've been on the site for more than 10 seconds, they are classed as an engaged user. So you're getting all these people who are on the site looking, scrolling up and down. Um, who are now classed as an engaged user if they're set on the site for more than more than 10 seconds. So it's obviously going to bring down the bounce rate uh overall. And when it came out, I did a bit of work to work out what the equivalent were and that's where we got those got those figures from. So it gives us an idea of what they are. So they're just a lot lower mm. than you're expecting. Um we still seem to see have the same problems with GA4 that we had with G A3 about um Sometimes the bounce rate being broken by a pop up or something that's an interactive event, same thing happens, and you, you get like these one percent bounce rates or two percent bounce rates, which are clearly wrong. Um, you know, you you you, you are going to see lower figures, but not that much lower. So yeah. you, you still you still can see those errors in there. So you've got to have a look. So at if that. you
1: if if you have a bounce rate in GA four that's looking like two percent, is definitely wrong. It's yeah, there's a fat yeah. Cat. The cat just coming. No, there was mum coming in the curtain. Bring her in. No, why is cool. she should she on the point? What do you mean, our mother's not cool? She can sit in the background. No, and... I've just set the whole <laughs>
0: studio up ready to like do the whole thing, and she'll just come in and she'll just talk. She why. does
1: like talking. We yeah. have a mother that loves to fill silence with. Beach. yeah i've been like both sons. of them to be honest to be
0: like <laughs> my wife she's not a big talker really but i'm like just driving into the gym and i'm like i've probably spoke more in the car ride <laughs> than i have in the past 6 months <laughs> um anyway yeah so bringing it anyway. back to to we so like i want to talk about a way that we work out how to sell that next click on the category page and the product page because obviously the people coming to the page who want that product, that's fine, but when they want other products, we need to know how they buy, how people buy your products. And to know how people buy your products, we want to know how they find the product and what they use to, to, to search for the product or to filter the product. So the trick of it is to, first of all, you have category pages, and obviously you've got traffic through your category pages, and you have all your filters on your category pages, and you kind of let people use the filters in the normal way. Not everybody's gonna use the filters, but some people will. And when they use the filters, they will use some of the filters much more often than the other ones. So let's say we're selling bedding, for example. You will find that people will search probably most of the time by color first, and then probably by thread count count or, or size. And so once you understand how people search for the product, when someone lands on the product page, you want to say something. Let's say you know everybody searches by color for your product. On your product page and they've landed on, uh, let's say, a green pair of trousers and you know that everybody searches by color in trousers, you would want to say, do you want to see other green trousers? And there's a quick link to see other green trousers. Once you know how people shop and how people search for the products, you can then make those quick links available at the top of the category pages and also on the product pages. Because ultimately, that's a great bit of information to find out because that's how people are going to shop. And that's basically what they've probably done on Google Shopping or even on your category pages, but making it easier for them to do so. A lot of the time, it's kind of like the iceberg technique where if you get, I don't know, you know 10% of people doing uh, doing using the filters and um, there's always going to be like another 30% who would click on those things if they were more easily available because they didn't know how to shop. They're
1: basically saying, yeah. well, this is how most people shop, well, this is it, how people do it, think and how you, they find the product. You're definitely right. And in just practical terms, you imagine if a customer was, you did have a physical bricks and mortar and somebody came in, what would be the first question you'd ask? You know, what would you be wanting to know if you're helping them trying to find bedding? You know, well, you know, you, you, what would be the first question that, because what color, what size? I've got yeah. this. So you're, you're thinking about if that person was stood in front of you, what would, what would, what would help them find the right product? But you know what? Taking a step mm. back, actually, because I think you've missed, uh, you've missed a, a, a vital step, which helps okay. people understand where to focus. Well, yes, because like with most things in life, it's about getting the maximum. Result for our time, and so you know, when you're trying to get the navigational flow right, you're ultimately trying to help people find the right product, but you can't focus on the entire site with thousands and thousands and thousands of pages in some cases, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pages. You've got to know where to go. So, I would break it down into a few basic things double what, ha- what percentage of people land on product category or home. So, that's the first thing, and then the second hmm. thing would be what device is it on. So, is it desktop is it mobile forget tablet no one seems to browse on tablets anymore it seems to be um, overwhelmingly either mobile or desktop so now the typical it depends on different demographics but we had a site business of the other day that's doing 15 million um, in the UK and they had 77% of people landing on the mobile product page so an overwhelming majority of people landing on the mobile product page for the first time so that's your starting point so you know that that is where you need to focus your time on and then you can look at the products that people are landing on. you can find that you know the top ten products uh, top, top ten pages, uh, pages of pages the entire website is these ten products, so you, therefore you know where to go and spend the time which you can have the biggest bang for your buck. it 's the same with anything it's the same with the whole whole business isn't it you can focus your attention on because I think otherwise if you try and think about it like an overall the entire e-commerce business you know it just becomes this mammoth task of trying to understand you know what it is and they're gonna roll out and actually you you could you can achieve a huge amount by just focusing on those critical pages and yeah um, and
0: like you say on the mobile you've got limited space so you have to make it very easy for people to do So that the breadcrumb has got to be uh, useful. A lot of people's breadcrumbs are terrible. It's basically like home, and then all products, and then the product. And it's like, yeah. well, that's not useful. I mean, if you know people a really, search really by... long
1: product name. Yeah. A lot of people put. Now, just to explain, because obviously I know what a breadcrumb is. You know what a breadcrumb is. But what yeah. is a breadcrumb? Obviously, two bakers' sons. It is not a yeah. breadcrumb on the table.
0: No, it's basically the. Um, it's the category structure that you're in. Put just above the product page, so it'll be like, okay, you are you went from as if as if you went from the homepage. It's like okay, you went from the homepage, then you went to this category, then you went to this subcategory, and now you're in this product. And people look to those to see where they are on the site and then navigate out of it. And like we said before, if you know people search by color or people search by size or whatever whatever it is, then the breadcrumbs should kind of be a step back from that. So it should be all white. Duvet covers, and then it should be all bedding, and then it should be home. So it should be, should be in the same way people shop. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, we talked about this a
1: long. It's like mm. it, it, to me. It's the it's the one of the one o ones of e commerce actually is to mm. make sure those breadcrumbs are are right, they're correct, they're not crowded, they're not cluttered, they're in the right place on a mobile, right at the top, and and and. You know how many times have we seen a, mo- a mobile product page with where they remove the breadcrumbs at the top, so you literally mm. have no idea where you are so it will mm. be like and again we've i've used this in an idea loads of times but it'd be a bit like being blindfolded like parachuted down into into a you know physical shop um and then somebody putting you know, let's say you're trying to buy some uh you know some clothing. And, you know, they're parachuting you down and they're, you know, showing you this product and then they're putting the blindfold back on and then you're expecting, like, you know, you've got a clue where you are. You know, it's no. absolutely ludicrous. Or how it relates so,
0: to the other products or how it yeah. relates to the categories. You know, people shop by brand. Make it
1: easier for people to go and well, see the brand. About, think about this. When you go into a shoe shop or, you know, you try and buy some trainers. There's a good example. You are going into a shoe shop, try to buy some trainers, Think about how the trainers are displayed on the in the store in the, in the sports shop wherever it is you know you got, you got they're all over they're all merchandise in terms of different style these are for running, these are different colors, these are for sport, these are for fashion these are for hockey, it, they're very well laid yeah, out and they're done by gender and you think like about that as well yeah and you, exactly think about how you what what you're doing on your e-commerce stuff they land on that product page. you are showing one pair of trainers. People don't buy the first pair of trainers that they see. They want to see lots of them, in and in a very and mm. that's the key, the key thing. Which, which, obviously, what the breadcrumbs is, and it brings me on to another point because we just I've made some quick notes before we started that too often than not, people tend to try and do the upsell, and they put a lot of emphasis on doing the upsell. These products go great with this, and people are not quite there yet. The, the emphasis for me should be on navigational flow. These are the, so the, the idea would be that the trainers here is here are our trainers that are similar and have the category links that should be higher up and have given a bigger importance Then these trainers go really well with these trousers. I don't give a damn about these trousers or these leggings yet. They're trying mm. to find the right pair of trainers. So it would be a secondary point in my in my opinion that. Um, that you that there would be less weight on the upsell and more emphasis on the navigational flow. In gen, in as a general like you know, gun to my mm. head, it will be rather than pushing the upsell, that would not be the priority. It would be here the related one. And actually, not just doing it as one little carousel. I mean, there's businesses like there's a couple of businesses that stand out to me that do very very well, very well at navigational flow. One of them's Etsy, and one of them is. Wayfair and they both are really good at the discovery and the natural flow and it's particularly relevant for them because they have a a lot of discovery on the site Um, but you just have a look at how well Etsy does navigational flow from the product page and you've got lots of um, you know related searches and people who looked at this also looked at these categories and it isn't just a bunch of products very very effective and it's probably overkill for most people, because most people don't have that broad debt. They have no alternative, they do it. But to me it's a masterclass. Those two businesses, Wayfair and Etsy, mm. masterclass of of navigational flow. And there's other businesses like First Dibs is very good. And First Dibs is good because they have this um this really quite prominent. And I'd encourage everybody to go and have a look at this. Go on to First Dibs product page. And have a look at the top of the product page, and you'll see this little tiny carousel at the top. So right above the product page, above the product page, above the main image and the title, you'll see items similar to this. And it's um, you know it is it's very clear what what metric they're trying to improve. They're trying to reduce the dead end pages, which is what we often say. Product pages should not be dead end pages. They're trying to reduce the bounce rate and increase the navigational flow. And just think about how you would shop in a... I mean, First is like an antiques art gallery, really, type... You know, think about how you would shop in an art gallery. You know, you would naturally flow beautifully around this art gallery and you'd be gliding through and you'd be, oh, that's beautiful piece there and, oh, that's mm. lovely. And you look at this and you sort of, you know... You don't, wouldn't just go and see one piece. You'd, you'd be floating around beautifully flowing. Yeah. Um, well, it's it, one it's of those...
0: It's just one of those industries where you'd say, I don't know what I like until I see it. So, like, it's art is like that, or, or antiques are like that, or home decor is like that. So, once they know that something you like, then they can say, Well, if you like that, you're probably going to like this. And so, therefore, yeah. it's so important for those kind of businesses. It's like if you say, You know, if I say, I want to go and buy some art for my wall, it's like, Well, what do you want? It's like, I don't know, but when I see it, I'll, probably, I'll know. And that's very difficult for someone to go into a website and say, "Well, what do you want?" It's like I don't know yet, you know. So that once you found something you kind of like, then those websites, they're very visual. Have to. I mean, there's little things that that
1: we've done over the years where we've put simple things like trending searches, you know, on top of the search bar, for example. Yeah. You know, and. and the and the truth of it was sometimes it was trending, sometimes it wasn't. We just made it up, it was the best selling categories, but it gave people um a a hint to say this is what other people are searching for, particularly in homewares and home decor. You know, it was a really nice easy We're way to, basically to navigate almost
0: the almost, almost engagers. So there's people who engage naturally, and there's people who almost engage. And to get the almost engagers, a bit like when we say the almost buyers. The almost-engagers are the people who don't know how to get started with their search, They don't know how to get into the site. Yeah. So if you kind of make it easier, well, this is how people shop for shoes. This is how people shop naturally for bedding. This is how people naturally shop for this product. And so you, you might as well get started here. And that's going to be much better, you staying on the site and doing that, yeah. that search than actually things, going to Google.
1: The simple things, too, would be things like, um, I mean, that site like I mentioned before, doing 15 million, 77% of people landing on the product page, um, and 3% of people landing on the home page. And that's, that's extreme. That's quite extreme. So then, but what they weren't doing, which was so obvious in retrospect, when you point this stuff out, when you're looking at the numbers, was that they weren't doing the recently viewed products on the homepage. So people are going to the product page, having a look around, very complicated, thousands of hours, 10,000 products. Um, not that that makes, you know, the, the difference, but it was just you, you come back to the home page. you try and find what product you were looking at? No bloody clue. The most obvious hmm. one, if, if you see this, you see the product pages of the landing page and the home page is not a key landing page. It's, it, it, the home page is something that helps people continue that navigational flow. So obviously recently viewed as a default, should be on the home Again, that's what first dibs do. You're on the homepage. Mm. All your recently read. You know, and you don't need to um to log in to do this or it just happens. It just does it automatically. I think it's probably worth touching on the um the little, you know, little quadrant that we do. We you know the little graph that we were doing our deep dive where we look at the time on site. By a type. The time mm. on site Which is, um, you know, the average and the number of pages people click on. And we call it the, you know, the engagement quadrant and we put it into A, B, C, D. And it's essentially just a little dot. And it says, so the average is like two and a half minutes on the site on average and four pages on average. That's the, that's the average. And so sometimes you find that it's extremely, to the left now if it to the left for us it's like less less time on site and less pages sometimes that can be because that's how the buyers shop they want to get in they want to get out um and that's okay you expect that but in other case if it's not what we expect hmm. it's often because of a navigational flow problem or the first domino which we haven't positioned so basically if if people are coming in really quickly and they're not clicking around and they're not hanging around and conversion rates really bad, really low, we'll look at this quadrant and we'll say, okay, well, are we expecting it to be in the left bottom left quadrant, which basically means low time on site and low pages? And if the is no, that's weird. That's not how we expect people to shop. It, I would always go to the first domino, which is positioning, and then immediate second domino, which is navigational flow and look at those two first and rule those out like mm. is it a navigational flow problem is it an is it a, yeah. um, a positioning problem and then you move on to obviously the next domino yes yeah, So if, is, is, if you've got like an antique site and you've got
0: like antique products and it was behaving like someone who was selling uh nuts and bolts where people just wanted a nut and bolt and they were just staying on the pet that page and then disappearing then you've got something you got something wrong yeah. or a fabric shop. People like fabric shops. People like to have a look around and oh, they find the fabric they're they, yeah. they going And if you've got a fabric shop with like one page and then one page, you know, one minute on it, you're doing something wrong because it's, it's not how people want to shop in that industry.
1: And that makes sense. Let me add one little caveat to this too. There is a, there are certain businesses and I, I would say it's where the discovery happens too. So you know let's say you are very much an Instagram social business, and there's a lot of discovery that happens in that, and there's a lot of warming up mm. and sometimes the, the the discovery is done before they get to the site and they've quite warmed up and the site yeah. then is is essentially an order taker now you know we're fine with that as long as the conversion rate in the row is good we're okay with that you know we'll we'll take the order um. But if the discovery is, ha- is happening more in the site, then, you know, we've really got a job to do. I mean, look, look at some of the other stories that we were chatting about before, you know, the car parts company. You know, it was, it was a game changer when we started to discover the power of navigational flow. I mean, that business went from, what, like £300,000 a month to a million pounds a month really quite quickly by really mastering navigational flow because the discovery was done in the site because it was a car part looking for car you know brake pads for a particular or rotors Mm. for this particular you know honda Accord, you know and you had to find the right one and make sure it was going to fit the car and there were lots of different choices and that and that helping that navigational flow was was key for two reasons number one it was job to be done it was reassurance that they needed to find the right part that fit the car um, and and it was also the anxiety well, what was if it doesn't fit me and it was really helping them find this is the right part and that was mm. that was
0: it you know it was a and this is what else you can get big... for the car was was key it was key to, yeah you know because i think yeah. that we did a few things on that and that was this was probably about five years ago now but like it was a few things it was a making the site faster making the navigation easier to move around so that they had six minutes on the site and we thought that they would they would purchase in three minutes, but they didn't. they still stayed on for six minutes, but they bought more stuff because they mm-hmm. had in their mind allocated that amount to the purchase. they were able to move around, they were able to find a lot more products and the, the, the average order value went up massively and it was it went up from like you say 300,000 to a million. Yeah. Month. it was a couple of other things. it was better offer architecture change at the same, at the same time yeah. but it
1: was one of that those things like odd, it, That was an unexpected stat actually that when the site was quicker that the average order value jumped massively yeah, yeah and no, it, it I wasn't was just necessarily expecting the conversion, rate, conversion rate yeah it was you know we mm. kind of thought oh when will the conversion will oh. go up um, the conversion rate did a little bit but the biggest jump was the average order value and it was obviously because it was a lot easier for people to to find and explore other categories that were related to their principal. Purchase. So the idea would be you're coming in to buy some, you know, an air filter for your car. And, um, you know, it was a methodical problem-solving purchase. And then obviously then you, you, you're selling the rotor blades of the, you know, the oil filter that went with it. And it was because it was so much easier to find those other things. The average order value went up. Do you which know was, a big mistake oh.
0: that a lot of people make, which you see, I mean, if you talk about it from a physical store, Clothing store, you see an outfit in the window of a top, a pair of trousers, and maybe a hat or something. And you think that looks really cool. You go into the shop and then you've got to search all around the shop for those different items. And you find that the trousers are out of stock and it's really annoying. The same thing happens in e commerce. We sell something on Instagram as a lifestyle image of what people want. It might take them to those pair of trousers, but then they can't find the other things. It's very difficult for you to find the other things. So you've got to be very mindful of what is selling the outfit. And how you're selling it so you've got to be able to have like get the look and get the, all those products in the look or all those kind of things and help people actually get all those products because often you'll find if you look at what's bought together you'll go oh, gosh that product's being weirdly bought with this product wonder why that is and then you take a step back and you say okay because we're pushing that in a facebook ad or instagram ads and those products are together in that image but it's really difficult on mm. the site to
1: find those you know what? those two products what's quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's the frequently brought together when you look at the common patterns. You know what's interesting, right? So the old, like, stories of retail, bricks and mortar retail, they would, like, they were in a supermarket, for example, they would put the milk, because everybody wanted milk, It were coming from some milk, they put milk at the back, traditionally, in supermarket. They'd put mm. the everyday items at the back of the store, hoping that by the time that the customers wandered through to get the milk, they'd see other stuff. And they pick up other things, which, you know, makes sense, doesn't it? Just But, you know, it, it's very different online because they can, they've got this nanosecond of patience. And the temptation, again, to go back to another store that's going to serve your needs easier um, is so overwhelming that you cannot put the milk at the back of the store in the equivalent of online. You've got to bring the milk right to the forefront and make it so easy for people to find um, and go with the flow of the river. And the example that we fall back on, I've, we've said this many times over our, our long career, is that the, is the decision of what to do on the homepage banner. Quite often, okay, obviously the rotating carousel, we won't talk about that. We've said it loads. I'm like, reduces the conversion rate. But quite often they, people will put, e-commerce owners will put a... Um, a, They will they will get bored of their homepage and they'll keep thinking, we've got to make it fresh, we've got to make it fresh, we've got to change it. That homepage is boring. And, um, and they will put some slightly obscure new product that they don't know whether or not it's going to sell on the homepage banner. And they will replace the big bestsellers thinking that oh well people are gonna buy the big best anyway so you know we don't need to push that we'll put this weird mm. slightly obscure new you know product that's you know is a bit niche it's a bit you know it's a bit wacky let's put that on there and that's often a mistake because um you know it's not going to you have to go with the flow of the river and you have to look at where people go. My my default is you want to go with the flow of the river, you want to look at where what pages people go to next and you want to emphasize mm. that. And what you're looking for I think they also, what people search for too, like if people search for certain things, that tends to give you an idea of what they want. And so that that dictates what your navigational category should be. And if people go from the homepage to, you know, this particular category, that's what they want. So like, you know, homewares, they often look at new and outlet. Like, if you want to improve your conversion mm. rate and reduce your bounce rate, then give them what they want. And remember that That you know the average lifetime customer value in twelve months is only one point two times a year. They're only buying like like one point two times. So the other, their homepage—it's fresh, it's always new. So you don't need to fall down the trap of trying to reinvent your homepage all the time. Because the first time people it, it's the
0: first time. Do you know why it's a mistake? What people think people think the homepage is the shop window equivalent of a physical store. So the shop window is not the homepage of a store, because the shop window in a physical store is to get the attention of people walking past. Nobody walks past a homepage. Mm. They are already on the site. Because the shop window of any e-commerce store is your advertising. It's either your advert in Facebook or your post in Instagram, or it's your, basically your peacocking is done elsewhere. So if you've got a clothes shop, your homepage is not your peacocking. Your homepage is someone has come in through the door And it's what they see when they first walk through the door. That's kind of like the homepage. Mm. The the shop window is no longer the peacock, which is the something to get their attention because they're already there. So you kind of feel like if you've been in retail, you kind of think the homepage has got to be the same as your shop window. It's not. It's not the shop window. It's different. It's like if you walk into, let's say you go into a menswear clothing, and in the, in the window they might have some kind of zebra print jacket and some orange trousers or something ridiculous, and then you open the door and you look through, and there's all the shirts there and there's all the trousers there, and that's all the things that people buy. That's the homepage. The the scary kind of like peacocking thing to get people in,
1: it's different. It's your, it's yeah, different. It's your social ad or your, you know, mm. your post. And that actually, you know, the homepage is... Is about navigational flow. Now, look at somebody like ASOS. Go to the homepage of ASOS: men, women. Navigational flow, isn't it? It's trying to get you yeah. in to those two camps. It's trying to help me from that. Well, it's two kind of like, jobs who at the, are homepage. the homepage. It's who
0: what are you? It's like you Yeah, you walk into to, a shop and it goes. Well, are you like you walk into a shop, a clothes shop? It sells men's and women's. Like, are you a man or a woman? You just you, you peel off to the left or the right, don't you? Depending on well, you, you know look, what you're looking you look, for. You
1: look at look at the you know go into a supermarket and look at the. um, you know, the, the shelf, you know, the signs above the shelves, like what aisle am I mm-hmm. going to, you know, obviously you need to find out where to go because you're inside the shop. Is it different? And it's and generally speaking is that you go with the flow of the river. You, you, If you want to make the most uh, revenue for the visitor, you make it easy for them to find what they're looking for. And it's an obvious one. You know? yeah. so it's like and you, and you do of, it
0: in a way that they buy. You have to find out how they naturally buy the product. You have to actually yeah. work out way, the way they would discover the product and then you make it very easy for them to do so. So you're kind of like, it's like the iPhone. You know, the iPhone is very easy to use because you, it, you use it intuitively and that's why everybody likes the iPhone because it just works. Same with your site. You've got to work out the flow that the buyer would go through to buy the product if they didn't know exactly what they wanted and how they'd find it. And therefore, we used to you say, then make um, it easier.
1: We used to say, do the double gin and tonic test. Which I think came into the five-year-old test, but well, I prefer the double gin and tonic test. It's a good test. So you imagine that you know that your your um, your target market is uh, you know a middle-aged bloke who is lying on the sofa. He's coming home from work. It's ten o'clock at night. He's lying on the sofa. He's just had a double gin and tonic, and he's on his phone and he's chilling out. And he's it, you, you've got a he's got to, it's got to be so obvious where to na- how to navigate the site, how to find the right product, navigational flow, it's got to be just this, this default, path. like he's half there, he's half watching the telly, he's he's half, you know, he's in time, he's really chilled out and you've got to be able to f- navigate without even thinking. And the equivalent, obviously, or your kids are running around or whatever, you know, or you're walking down the high street and, you, you know, you, 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 somebody asks you a complicated question, you have to stop to think, like we used to do the maths test. Like, mm. you know, if something's really hard, you have to stop in the middle of the street thinking about how to answer that math yeah. test. So System two thinking, it don't make them obvious. use it.
0: Yeah. 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 So, yeah. effectively, it's about understanding how people shop and actually making it easier for people to go and selling the forward click rather than the back click. And you're going after the almost engagers, really, at this point. Because the people who know what they want, they will buy. That's great but you're going after the almost-engagers, and those are the people, if we keep them on the site, we have more chance of adding to the basket, and therefore we have more chance of them actually converting through the sale later on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. there we go. Thank you very much, Ian.
1: Well, no, pleasure, as always. Probably, yeah, yeah, leave it there, we're rabbited on enough, navigational yeah. flow funny isn't I'll it when you start you. thinking about navigation flow you feel like it's a you know it's a sort of quite a light topic but actually there's a lot to it isn't there's there there's a lot there's a lot there a nice few nice yeah. things come out there yeah some big stuff and yeah. it's good cool awesome i'll see you next all week all right then cheerio Cheers. say hi to mom and dad
0: i will